Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas, Vegas, baby, Vegas! You're either in or you're out, right now. My best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Las Vegas, here we go! Pack your bags and get ready for a different kind of Vegas experience with someone who knows Vegas inside and out. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Welcome to Vegas Never Sleeps, an audio postcard from the fabulous Las Vegas Strip. I'm Stephen Maggi. Las Vegas is all about superstar entertainment. Biggest acts in the world head here to entertain visitors year-round. But Las Vegas is also a great place to find young talent on the rise. Today, you'll meet two very talented women who are a part of the Vegas scene. First, we'll introduce you to our newest member of the Vegas Never Sleeps family, Her name is Hollis Jade, and she is a multi-talented singer, songwriter, and leader of the punk rock group The Love Zombies. You'll also meet a wonderful artist, Jennifer Main, who we heard of from our very own art expert, Brett Mealy. Of course, our regulars are here. Today, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com discusses the Las Vegas residency, when they started doing these things, and what to expect in the future. Michael Shackelford, also known as the Wizard of Odds, is back again. Do you plan on visiting a sports book in town? Michael tells us what sport is best to place bets on. Finally, sommelier Matt Leos says dining is extremely competitive in Vegas, sometimes even in the same hotel casino. are excited today to introduce a new member of the Vegas Never Sleeps family. You're going to be hearing a lot about her. Her name is Hollis J. And she's got an incredible history and she's going to be doing a lot of things like checking out the concert scene around town here. She's also involved in heavily in marketing. So when you want to buy some ads, you can call her as well. Hollis, welcome. It's great to have you here. My God, where do you get the time to do all this stuff? I started looking at you know, this is somebody who needs like a three-page resume. Wow. <laughs> You've really done something. Have you always had all this energy where you want to do a lot of things? Yeah, ever since I was little. Well, you do, been... <laughs> uh, you do everything. I mean, you're a singer-songwriter. You p- play the piano. You're visionary and so Aww. forth. Let's talk about the one that got interested in me. The first time I heard your name, somebody said the uh, founder of Love Zombies, which is yeah. this group. So I looked at it. I liked it. Tell us about the Love Zombies, because you guys actually accomplished quite a bit. Yeah, we did. Um, well, I started, you know, playing music when I was little, and I'm always, you know, we're singing in bands. And <clears throat> that was pretty much my history was since I was, you know, I moved to New York City, was singing in bands, always starting bands. And my journey somehow landed me in England, in London. And that's when I put the band together called Love Zombies. So it started off as a punk rock band, still is a band. And, you know, we toured a lot. We did a lot of awesome things. And it was started as a band. And then it kind of grew into all this other stuff that, like you said, I stay busy. It started, I started design, designing the t-shirts. And then it turned into like a little cartoon thing I was doing, a story. So Love Zombies, it's kind of a brand. It's just about spreading love and these little zombies that you know, love each other. Well, yeah, you know, and that's kind of what's happened to the music business, right? It's not like the old days when no. you 
release an album, hope it sells, and then go on tour. It's the other way around. I'm like, merchandising is so important, for example, right? So you have to think out of the box. Yeah. See, that was the thing. Like, a lot of... It comes out of necessity, invention. What is that saying? You know, the mother... Mother is... Uh, yeah. You know what I'm Whatever. saying, right? Yeah. So we... Because the... Mu- I, I experienced that face on, you know, head on. It was like, because the music business is changing so much. It's not in the 60s, 70s where, you know, a talent comes out and they're so good, they get a record label and they get money behind them. And then they you don't have to pay their rent so they could just, you know, they get, they get developed by the record label. But this day and age, there's not record labels. There are, but they're not giving money. So it's like we had to figure out a way... To make money because, you know, most artists, we don't do it for money. No artist really does. But it does come to a point where it's like, oh, no, I have to pay my rent. I have to pay for something. I have to pay money. So we had to figure out how to raise the money. And we we, we actually discovered something called Pledge Music. It's the same kind of thing, Kickstarter and Patreon. And all these things are the future of music now. And it really, it's kind of cool. Because even though it's, it's a very weird time, we're trying to find our way. But... It actually, you're taking control back into your own hands. Right. You know, so we were able to raise money through Pledge Music and that helped fund our album and everything. Well, yeah, and you've got an album. You can go on YouTube and hear these songs. I don't know what it is. It must be the water in Vegas Never Sleeps because John Lindquist, John the announcer, his group, the honorifics, it's been on Billboard and so forth. So we got, I, I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> <laughs> is that something when, when, when you finish something like that? Is it something like no matter what happens in the rest of life, you've always got that. And I mean, hopefully there's way, way more, but it must be a good feeling to have something that really hits and a certain amount of people really love. Yeah. You know, that's the one thing. I was talking to someone about it last night. I met, it was funny. I was working and I met, um, a guy in the casino, and he, he, he was, had an English accent. And I was like, oh, I used to live in England. And he's like, I used to be in a, uh, a really uh, a band. That way we toured. And he was in a 12-feet band. He hit the charts, all this stuff. And um, he was just, you know, he said the same kind of thing. He had this moment. But it was, he's like, he basically said it. We just ran out of money. But he, he's like, I always have that. I will, we could go back on tour if we really wanted to, if we had the money. Like, it's there. It's a piece of history that's there. Because my, my guitar player and I sometimes were like, we're broke. We're, we are in debt. We're still paying all this stuff. But we're like, well, we did it, though. Like, you know, so you could look back at it and you play that. It's like a moment in history. And even when I'm gone off this earth, it's still there. Right. And it's the coolest thing ever. You guys could do movies. I mean, I, I look at you. You start in a small town in Pennsylvania. Yeah. From there, New York City, which yeah. took a lot of guts, and then go to London. <laughs> I mean, and, and don't forget Los Angeles. And then Los Angeles, and now Las Vegas. Yeah, that, that is the coolest chapter. Yeah, it was almost like, I swear, it was like written in different dimensions. Like, I'm going to come to earth and do all this stuff. And it was just like every little chapter you know, led to the next thing. It was Scranton. To New York City was the next logical move because it wasn't that far. It was about two, about three hours away maybe. And then it was New York City. All these like synchronicity ended me in L.A. And then in L.A. I found a manager who brought me to London. And it was like, it, yeah. But you cool obviously stuff. have no fear of that. You will go to a different place <laughs> in a whole different environment and you're comfortable jumping in there. Yeah, I love, you know, I love it. It's weird because, you know, as you go through life, you just, you learn who you are. And I, like, there was times I'm like, no, when I was on the road, I'm like, I need, I I feel not grounded. I need a home. I need to get furniture and have a husband or, you know, or have a boyfriend. So I tried all that and I didn't, it didn't really work. And I was like, you know what? Actually, no, I am kind of a traveler, gypsy. I don't really need too much. You'll hear more from the newest member of our team, Hollis Jade, in just a moment. Time now for your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com. Today, Scott looks at the Vegas phenomenon, the residency. 
Are they always successful? It depends. Yeah, the, the Las Vegas residency has transformed a lot. Celine, of course, kicked it off. Uh, Britney Spears kind of cemented it as a thing to do. And you're absolutely right. It depends sums it up perfectly because there are people with big, big names, uh, a huge number of hits. That Their shows are moderately attended. Some are not really succeeding at all. Uh, so it depends on the venue. There are far more seats, far more venues now, so that it's already stretched a little bit thin. And there are people who win and make a ton of money, and they make a lot of money for the resorts they're in. But there are quite a few that have just been misses, and they just kind of go away, and everybody's like, what happened? And it's because there's no sure thing. It doesn't matter what your name is other than maybe Lady Gaga and Aerosmith, as you said. There's not a lot of bands that's where it's guaranteed. And uh, there, there have been a few that have just been clunkers and they just kind of skulk away and with their tail between their legs and go, what just happened? And it's because they expect to walk in and be Celine or Britney Spears. Nobody can even explain why Britney Spears did so well. And, and she was supposed to come back. Um, but yeah, it's one of the more baffling things. And you have uh, a new venue like the Sphere, the MSG Sphere coming online. You've got this massive sports stadium where presumably you're going to have these big acts. Nobody knows what those acts are because nobody can fill a stadium. Uh, even if, I mean, maybe. I mean, how many times can the Rolling Stones and how much longer can the Rolling Stones do that? Uh, but there's not a lot of comparables. So, you know, you can, you can kind of divide a stadium in half, but that's still so many people and so much competition the coliseum is getting a revamp you've got park uh theater they have a theater um and there, there's quite a few venues and a large number of seats and i i always end up sounding like the naysayer but i gotta say there's not enough demand to fill those seats so there's going to be uh just as with residencies you see the the wins and the losses i think it's going to be true of these venues too Scott will be back again next week. Remember to check out VitalVegas.com every day. When it comes to Vegas, Scott's simply the best source you can find. You can also follow him in Vital Vegas on social media. They're everywhere. You'll hear more from the newest member of our team, Hollis Jade, in just a moment. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, coast to coast on the BizTalk Radio Network. Welcome back to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to Hollis Jade, lead singer of the Love Zombies, who have been described as a blend of the Ramones and Blondie. mind works a little differently in the sense that you know singer <laughs> songwriter you play the piano it, it is kind of a different way of thinking i mean i i always loved and, I, and i'll ask you the same thing i ask every every songwriter that we talk to 
does it, is it one of those things where it comes to you as like an idea and then you drag it out and build it? I mean, or is this like a John Fogarty thing where in three hours he's got the song done? Or is it something you sit on for maybe weeks and weeks? How, how, does, how does that process work? Yeah, you're right. Like everybody has a different process. For me, I play the piano was, was my main instrument. So it's always why I'll sit down and play the piano and then I think of an idea. It's, for me personally, it's always separate. So I'll think of like, oh, I really want to talk about this issue and then I'll play a piano, and then, like, I'll think of a melody later. It kind of, mine is, like, it's definitely not one of those I sit down and I'm, like, write this amazing song. For me, it takes a while, and it kind of, it's different pieces, and it, it takes a while for a song. I know my guitar player in Love Zombies is amazing. He's, like, this angel. He has melodies just, like, pour out of him. I'm, like, oh, my gosh, how do you do that? For me, it's, like, a mel- good, really good one will come once a month or something. You know? no, so is it's that like, the type you, know, you want to partner with people like that? Because that, that's a skill that you don't necessarily have, and they don't – you can look at things from a longer-term thing. Is that something that works better when you have people with different skill sets in a band? Because a yeah. band is a whole different – Oh, that's a different, (laughs) oh my gosh, yes, that's a different beast, but yeah, and that's what makes a good band, if you have, if people's egos are enough in check to say, I know my strengths and weakness, my weakness is this, but yours that, if you could work together, that's, that works, you know? Yeah, and you've got a lot of energy, and it comes across in your music, too, is, was that something that kind of draws you, because I guess I would define it as more like punk rock, although I've seen you do some slower stuff that's really good, too, so... If you could just play anything, what would you want to? What would you want to play? It, you know, it's funny you say it, it's weird because I have like every, I have two completely different sides, and that it's been made that a little bit tricky in trying to like market yourself and put it out there. Because I have half of me is a true punk rocker. I think you know, to me, punk rock is it's passion. It's just about thinking outside the box, going for it, being creative. So I've always loved punk rock music, but I love melodies too. So you know, when I formed Love Zombies with um, Davies, my guitar player, he. He's from England, so he and I love the '60s British pop, like all the, yeah. and he loved the Beatles. So we just put this thing together. So that is that I love that. If I could, that's my go-to. But then I have a kind of a darker, serious side where, you know, I love spirituality and talking about really deep things that people like sometimes are scared to talk about, and that comes out in my deep piano stuff. So right now I'm kind of balancing two things. I have my love zombies, which I get to get all that out, and then I'm working on my solo album, which is. The dark piano, deep, weird side. Well, yeah, you have this project, <laughs> or you did a project called Hey, Hello, and it definitely was the dark side of Hollis yeah, J. Yeah. It is kind of an interesting thing. Is that just an opportunity to try different things, be yeah. creative, you know, and, and not put yourself in a particular box? Yeah, like I think that was an opportunity. I just, because I love being an uh, entertainer, and I think over, you know, you're an entertainer, so I wanted to front a, 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 they were a great band, they had great musicians, and they were writing some pop songs and yeah and that came out the angrier side in England there's a lot of dark darkness in England it rains and people are like oh so you know when I joined that band it was yeah I got to get that side out of me and I kind of always surprised myself but it's made made it a little bit more tricky to kind of you know market yourself what kind of art for people to find you it's like what are you I'm all these different things so in the music business that's not good it's like no we need to you need to be an R&B artist so we could sell you, you know? Right. So it's a good thing because it keeps it interesting, but it's also been hard, you know, marketing and, you know. Well, the Love Zombie stuff, that's you're, you're not involved with that anymore, right? But you're still trying to sell it and so forth, is that right? Well, no, you kind of. It's kind of been a, a weird period because we moved to um, America. See, me and my guitar player formed that, and we've had bandmates come and go, and everybody, you know, it's just hard to keep a band together. But it's, like you said before earlier, it's always there. So... Yeah. You know, we kind of have a love-hate relationship, me and him. Uh, so when things are good, 
the band is back on. You know, right. <laughs> when things are bad, we're like, okay, I'm going to go do my solo thing. You go do yours. Yeah, you know? it's kind of, it sounds like a Fleetwood Mac yeah, reunion. Totally. <laughs> but it's always there. Like, I really hope, and I know he I know he wants to do a third album with Love Zombies, and I hope to go back to England with Love Zombies eventually. Yeah. Yeah. But now you're in Vegas, and we're happy about yeah. that, and you're doing stuff with us. But talk about, uh, I, I, what does this music scene seem to you? You come in here, it's different, it's smaller, but yet there's a lot of opportunity. Is that what brought you here? To Las Vegas, yeah, you know, I haven't, expl- I haven't played here live or anything yet. I've just been practicing, but um, so I haven't really explored the music scene too much, like the original scene. I know that cover bands are big here, and they have you guys get a lot of big acts. I know Gwen Stefani's here. I love her. I would love to see that. Um, but what brought me here, I think, is just you know, California. I moved. That's why I moved from LA. It's um, you know, it's there's a lot of people there. It's oversaturated. It's very expensive. And I thought, you know, where can I go that has entertainment that's cool? It's not that far away, you know, because right. I, love, I love the weather, the, the West Coast. It's the best. So I thought, where can I go? I thought about Arizona. I'm like, but there's not really. Then I thought, what about maybe Las Vegas? You know, go check it out. See the, the scene. So I'm still learning. So that's great that I found you and get to go and explore these things and tell everyone about it. Well, yeah, and you've got kind of an interest in all this thing, which I think yeah. is going to really help translate to folks because you're not afraid to try different things. Like, for example, uh, come spring, punk rock bowling. You can actually yeah. go and enjoy it and kind of bring that to us. It's a, one of those interesting things that's kind of only in Vegas, and it's a place where they all come together. So hopefully you'll see a lot of that yeah. activity. Some of my friends from England are going to be playing it. I know they've, yeah, they come over and play it. Maybe, who knows, maybe Love Zombies will play it. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll it. we would love to see that. <laughs> uh, Finally, I just want to talk with all these different things, you know, uh, visionary, you're a writer, right? You've done voiceover work. Yeah. What are some of the other things that, uh, kind of – is it all that like getting in front of people that you enjoy? Because I saw you did, you jumped into a little acting and so forth. Is it just a part of you that you want to perform? Yeah, definitely. I did. That was a little bit of everything. Like, yeah, it, when I was younger, I just always had this – passion and drive and I don't know if you know it came from being in Scranton I was like I just need to get out of Scranton Pennsylvania and like I just had passion and like you said you kind of learn as you go what you don't like what you like what works and for me I've always like wanted to be in front of people I like to make people laugh I think life is hard and it's everyone's it's very hard it's serious you know but I think I've always had a little like comedian jokester clown inside of me just want to get out and make people laugh and have fun you know we're alive we're living who know you nobody really knows why we're here but it's like somebody look and everyone's very serious and it's hard and, and so I've always just wanted to make people happy and now from Hollis Jade something for Christmas Listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Manchie nationwide on the Biz Talk Radio Network. 
Now, let's return to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Today's show is brought to you in part by the Orleans Hotel and Casino, the best deal in Vegas. Great rooms, great dining, incredible prices. And it's all dressed up for Christmas, so call for reservations or make them online at orleanscasino.com. You are listening to singer, songwriter, actress, and a new regular on Vegas Never Sleeps, Hollis Jade. Well, you're, you're from Scranton, Pennsylvania, yeah. which is famous for The Office. <laughs> is that really kind of a good vi- view of what goes on in Scranton? You know, yeah, I guess, I mean, I've, I'm lucky I've never actually worked in an office, so I don't know about the, actually ever being in an office somehow, but I mean, I guess, you know, Scranton's not as bad as people think it is. I, like, I used to live in England, and they say that the original office came from a place called Slough, which is in England. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the American is based off an English, you know, show. So I've never been to Slough, but people are like, whoa, Slough and Scranton. But Scranton's <laughs> not that bad. You know, I love it. I can't. I love Scranton. My parents are there. And, you know, it's part of it's made me who I am. So I'm proud of being a Scrantonian. But I'm glad to be out of it. <laughs> did you enjoy London when you were back there? Did you enjoy that lifestyle? I did. I like it. But I have to be honest, the, the dark weather and the, the rain, it just, it's hard. It really got to me. I was just like, oh. But their people are so, so real. And I would like, I will never, I'm so grateful for that experience. I would never trade it for anything ever. Final question then. Let's say we're talking a lot about these different types of music. You're all over the place. Yeah. So you got to bring three albums or four albums with you. And you don't have to name the particular album, but what, what groups or singers or whatever would you take with you? I mean, well, like three I mean, or four. I always favorite. ask that question. <laughs> um, well, I mean, this is kind of an obvious answer, maybe, but I don't know. But the Beatles, definitely one of those. I don't know which one. It's hard to pick a certain one, but I mean, I love the Beatles. Um, that's my poppy, happy side. Okay. I love probably a Tori Amos album. I don't know if you know who that is. She's a female singer, piano player. I loved her. Growing up, she, she had a big influence on me. Mm. That was one of them. Um, gosh, it's hard to pick. Maybe yeah, like, about a punk rock group? Ooh. Maybe the Ramones, I yeah. guess. I, I mean, like I, I listen to them a lot. You know? That's where it all came from. Yeah, that's absolutely. where it started. So, And they have the good melodies, too, you know, the... Like, I love punk, but I like screamy punk's cool, but I like stuff with a little surfy kind of melody too. Well, yeah, the Ramones, I remember bought one of their albums, 15 songs, and they all started out exactly the same. One, two, three, four, boom. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I tell the Beach Boys. I love the Beach Boys. Um, hmm. Oh, it's Pet Sounds. That's a good, yeah. That's a great album. Yeah, yeah. That's right there. That and Sgt. Pepper. Wow, you've got yeah. so. You and we recorded at Abbey Road, so we had a part of history. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because I do want to say one thing. I was As we went, Back at this, some of the producers you worked with were incredible. Yeah. Talk a little about some. I mean, the, the, the groups that they were dealing with, it's really impressive. Yeah. Um, well, we worked with, for our first album, it's called Passion Fruit, and that was from Love Zombies. And we worked with a guy named Elaine Johannes. And he was, yeah, he was really big with, like, the desert kind of rock, like the Queens of Stone Age. He, he was, I forget, he was in a band called Them Crooked Vultures with a yeah. guy from, like, I forget, you know, the, that's good. You no, know, I, I, I know. It's all online. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I forget. All, but these big people, Chris Cornell, he worked with, he had actually right. written, Elaine wrote Black Hole Sun. Do you know that song? Oh. It was like, yeah. you oh. would probably know it's on the radio. He wrote that with um, a couple, with Chris Cornell and his wife. Um, so yeah. Guns N' Roses too? Was yeah, I did a, that's a, I haven't released one? that yet, yeah. but that, I worked with the guy named Matt Sorum and he was the drummer. So, and then he was a drummer, not the original drummer in Guns N' Roses, but you know, he was big and he was in another in a couple of the Velvet Underground or not the Velvet 
I forget. A lot of stuff, though. I say the Velvet <laughs> the, Underground uh, goes the vel- way back. No, the, other, the Velvet Revolver. I there always, you go. I always, <laughs> but the Velvet Revolver, he was a big rock and roller. And yeah, and I met him, I worked with him in LA. Um, and then, yeah, those were the two, two main ones. And then we worked with a guy named Andy Brook, and he produced a lot of, a guy named Ginger Wildheart. He produced a lot of stuff in England. They were bigger in England. Um, and he, he, uh, Andy Brook recorded us at Abbey Road. Well, Hollis, how do we get a hold of some of this great music from the Love Zombies? Stephen, you can visit us at www.lovezombiesentertainment.com. There's, everything is on there. You could download, you could listen for free, you could buy a t-shirt, whatever you like. Sounds great. Look forward to it. Hey, thanks for being with us today, Hollis. Really appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, too. Up next, an artist you need to know who has some of her work available at Art Encounter, the finest gallery in Vegas. Art Encounter is known for the masters. You know that. You've listened to Brett Maley's Art Vegas Art Minute long enough to know they have Picassos and Salvador Dali's and so forth. But that wasn't always the case. In fact, at one time, Art Encounter had some of the upcoming artists in Las Vegas, and they've since switched. Well, good news, we have one of those. Her name is Jennifer Main, and now she's back at Art Encounter. That's how good this work is. Jennifer, welcome to the show. Has art always been a thing growing up in Las Vegas? Was that uh, always a passion of yours? Yes, yes. Thanks, Steve, for having me. It's an honor. And, um, yeah, in Las Vegas, I kind of did start to discover that I I loved art from early on and didn't think I'd necessarily be an artist um, later on. But, uh, yeah, early on, I just really, really did love art. It was a natural talent there. How do you get from that early stages at Art Encounter? Uh, you worked there, right? Um, I Well, what I did is I was a teenager, a junior in high school, and started to get a little attention for my work during that time, just creating art, you know, the gallery shows at high school. And I thought, you know what? I, I don't want to do the traditional path. I had this passion to start making art uh, more of a serious thing for me. So my parents are like, oh, great, my daughter's going to be an artist. So they were a little worried that I didn't want to go to college. Um, so we found Art Encounter as a local gallery that was willing to try out a new artist. I presented my artwork as a young girl, and they they said, yeah, let's give it a chance. And it took off right away. Well, you got my attention. I get the Art Encounter newsletter, of course, and everybody that's easy enough to do, just go to artencounter.com and sign up. But Jennifer's work was there, and wow, it really jumped out at me. You've got a real style. That style seems to be kind of a mix of some of the people like Picasso, some of the, uh, Mm -hmm. but lots of colors and so forth. Did that just develop over time, or how did you uh, develop that certain style? It did develop over time. I initially started just drawing in a sketchbook. Everything was black and white. And I think that's a foundational thing anyway, is kind of learning how to just use your line and, and, and shading and things like that. Um, and then I learned a little bit more about color. And I realized I love vibrant, um, just very vibrant color, more than the usual person. Um, so most of my work, I just naturally would gravitate towards very bright uh color and what I would do is sit um as a teenager and into my early you know like early 20s I would spend a lot of time at libraries and bookstores and truly just absorb like a sponge the master's art and some of that one of those of course is Picasso um Chagall uh, Frida Kahlo Keith Haring I would just truly sit for hours with a cup of coffee and my sketchbook and I would just I would stare at one page 
of art and I would just soak it in and I would go to the next one and soak it in. And then my art started to absorb some of their styles. Yeah, so it started to become a little bit of a mix, but Picasso was definitely a big influence. I look at your pictures and the colors grab me and then I looked at it and I looked at it. They seem to be kind of, they don't let you go. There's like a story there. Is that kind of how you, you want people to really look at it? I mean, you don't just glance at your picture and say, oh, that's nice and move to the next one. Yes, yeah, and I love that you say that because that's, that's always my hope and desire is that I can communicate things from my heart. I try to go to that heart level of being honest about maybe where I'm at, going through something or what I'm learning about life and the journey and whether it's good or bad, just putting it on the canvas. And um, and that that's something I hear a lot is that somehow the eyes and the story it starts to draw people in. And I think that's just where there's that gift. Um, it's like you can't quite explain it. So I just, I just do it. I really do try to just be very honest and vulnerable in what I paint. And, and yeah, but that's, that's my goal. I would hope that more than decoration on a wall, that it would yeah, speak to people. You are listening to the fine artist, Jennifer Main, whose work is available at her website, and some of her work is featured at Art Encounter in Vegas. Time now for statistician, actuary, and expert in gaming odds and probabilities, the Wizard of Odds, Michael Shackelford. You can bet on any sport in Nevada Sportsbook. Mike gives you some ideas about what to look for. So we go to the uh, sportsbook, and we can bet all these sports. Best sport to bet, worst sport to bet, in your opinion? I... I think baseball, just baseball money lines, because a lot of places have only 10 cent juice. So I'm all about minimizing juice. Other than that, I think just about everything else is just about the same. If you can get less than 20 cent juice, no matter what the sport, I would do that. For example, the the Westgate Sportsbook has a happy hour during football season where it's only 10 cent juice for one day. Yeah, anything like that, I would do. Um, but yeah, anything you can do to minimize juice. And, and some sports books have, have less than 20 cent juice. So just look about trying to minimize that juice. And the sport doesn't matter. By the way, in case you never heard the term juice used in sports gambling parlance, it refers to money or commission the sports book receives for taking the bet. The Wizard will be back again next week. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Manji, coast to coast on the BizTalk Radio Network. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to the fine artist, Jennifer Main, whose work is available at her website, and some of her work is featured at Art Encounter in Vegas. But you talk about the themes of good versus evil, happy versus sad, all that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And it's really true. It's one of those pieces that you put it up in the house. And I have a Leroy Neiman like that, that I got at Art Encounter. And I'm always looking at it. And the cool thing is I'm always finding different things. And your your work seems to do that too, where you're going to enjoy it more because it's just something you can't keep your eyes off. I love that. Yeah. that's what, And I think that's where... a good piece of art what, whoever the artist is yeah it just there's something about it that it stays alive um when it's truly painted with some yeah integrity and passion and and when an artist is truly themselves i feel like then that does happen and it's beautiful because there's even art now that i've painted that i look at it now in a different season of my life 
and it fully meant one thing to me at one point, and now it speaks to me a whole new message. Or, or like you said, you can find different things in it. So I love that, where art truly is this, this living living thing on the wall that, that really does keep speaking. So I love that. Your genres are hard to uh, – you can't put them in one in one box. You know, there's several. And it just from – I was looking at some of the things that you've been on. You've been on Real World in San Diego, which is one thing. But then HDTV's mm-hmm. Million Dollar Rooms, which is another. Uh, Discovery mm-hmm. Channel. And, I mean, just the fact that they've been on all these different networks that reach different audiences must make you feel good. I mean, it appeals to a lot – you know, you're not closing a little, uh, little piece of the pie. This is something that a lot of different types of people, ages and so forth, can really enjoy. I love the impact uh, that art can have and how it really is a platform and a bridge to reach all the different people, like you said. And, and it's been neat. I didn't go out trying to, like, make those things happen. And really, I would just do my thing. And when we go back to thinking about faith or God kind of positioning me, um, that's what he would do. And these different opportunities would kind of just present themselves. Like, hey, put your work on this show or that show. And and things would just happen, and I was like, I'm like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> so, um, but I, that's what I love, is I'll hear stories that, of how the art impacted them. Or they, say they saw it on uh, Real World San Diego, or they saw it here or there, and, and I've heard so many testimonies of where it just, they're like, oh, it brought me joy, or it gave me strength during the time that I was sick, or it reminded me of who I am. And to me, that's what keeps me going. I'm like, if, my, if art can give a message... That's that deep and can sustain people during tough, tough times or to inspire them. I'm like, then it's all worth it. And finally, my daughter loved art, and she's into teaching now. And I was talking a little about you and saying that you've actually participated. You were a guest speaker at a teacher's convention where you're talking about new methods of teaching art. And we know with, with funding being cut all the time and art's like one of the first things to go, it's really kind yeah. of a shame. It's great that you put some time into it because – who knows what talents out there when we're when we're really not even we're not even trying to bring that out of some people. Yes, that's where art is so it's so critical, so vital. I realize art really does matter. It's a language of its own. Um, we, we have to celebrate it and keep it in the schools. Um, find some ways to just yeah find the talent that's that's hidden in the kids that are our legacy and try to pass that on. So it's been a really cool opportunity to be able to do those things. Um, that's another thing way out of my comfort zone. I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to speak to teachers about art. And a lot of these teachers are not art teachers. So I, I did. I came up with some new ways of keeping a, a very simple step-by-step thing to to help the kids, like, lock into to their artistic talents and, and believe in themselves. And really amazing at what came out of the kids and um, and how the teachers have – they still continue. That was years ago. And the, the, the teachers are still using – um, what I got to teach them. Well, Jennifer um, Maine, I love your work. You can go, first of all, you, you got to go to her website. It's www.jennifermaine.com. Yes. And there's great stuff here. You can buy stuff online. There's just some credible prints. My particular favorite is one you called I Love Life, I Hate Life, because it's oh, one yeah. of those that, yeah, you just I just can't stop looking at. So. Yeah, I'm super honest. Yeah. <laughs> what do you have at the Art, art Encounter right now? Because I know there's some things at Art Encounter right now that uh, they're, they're presenting. There are. They have some prints that they've uh, published that are exclusive to them. Um, um, and then they also have some some really nice originals I did uh, a little a little ways back, um, especially when they had their gallery at the forum shops. Uh, 
and and so yeah, they have some some pieces that are are exclusive to them. So I definitely encourage anyone in Vegas to look at Art Encounter and uh, see what they might have. But they've got. They've got a little secret collection. <laughs> well, yeah, just call Brett Maley. Uh, tell them you're interested in Jennifer Maine's uh, stuff and the artencounter.com. They're great. Your stuff is great. You can go to their website, jennifermaine.com. Jennifer, thanks so much. Really enjoyed chatting with you today. Thank you so much, Steve. It's a pleasure, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I love what you're doing. Matt Leos, former SOM at Delmonico's, one of our experts on the Vegas good life, is here. Today's topic is the competitive atmosphere in the world of dining. This whole town, whether you're talking about the Strip, whether you're talking about downtown or some of these places, the competition in this town is incredible. I mean, you don't get a lot of chance to kind of uh, make mistakes and come back, right? I you walk into a place like the Venetian and the Palazzo, and there's like 25 restaurants know, there. It's crazy. It's crazy. And Mott 32, that the uh, new Chinese high-end Chinese restaurant over there, I've not eaten there yet. It's uh, it's pricey. It's like Wing Lei, uh, Jasmine price points. But I've heard nothing but great things. And uh, looking forward to trying the cuisine and. Uh, stopping in there soon one day. But yeah, there's a lot of restaurants inside the Venetian, all casinos. It's yeah. crazy that there's a yeah. steak. There's one steakhouse here, another steakhouse here. Uh, Smith and Walensky is upstairs. Um, <laughs> there's like four or five steakhouses in that building. Well, I mean, and that puts the pressure on, right? If, yeah. you're, not, if you're not drawing and everybody else is, it's going to have a different name on there pretty need, soon. You need to find your niche. And, and Cut definitely has done that with all their different type cuts of meat and different um, ranches that they source their beef from and so forth. And they, they have very talented people behind them. Tim Wilson, for instance, the beverage guy there. There's not a better whiskey program. Maybe Craft Steakhouse, but the whiskey program at Cut is pretty outrageous. So is Delmonico, a crazy whiskey program. Um, there's just there's a lot of talent out there. Thanks, Matt. Next week, you'll meet comedian Krista Kay, who you may know from TLC's My Giant Life. At six foot six, she's hard to miss. But don't let her height fool you. She is a very funny comedian. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to follow us on all social media platforms, including Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Have a great weekend. This is Stephen Maggi reminding you, Vegas never sleeps. Vegas, here we go!